In the future, how will consumers conduct payments? A new study from Javelin says it's going all mobile, and consumer adoption will dictate more diversity in mobile offerings than most financial service providers have to date considered. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Mary Monahan, Managing Partner and Research Director at Javelin, who shares insights about Javelin's new mobile study, 2011 Mobile Banking Financial Institution Scorecard. Mary, Javelin has conducted mobile banking surveys in the past. What makes this particular mobile study, the Mobile Banking Scorecard Study, different? Well, Tracy, what we try to do is we try to study mobile banking from the perspective of the consumer. So we're reviewing each financial institution's mobile banking website to determine if the FI offers mobile banking. And we're using five main criteria, mobile access, their general features and functionality that they offer, their SMS text banking features, their security, and their marketing to score their mobile banking offering. And could you give us some highlights from the study, such as what stood out? Some interesting things came out of this. What we saw was that among mobile banking offerings, there's, there's first of all, let's talk about mobile banking to set the stage. There's three types of mobile banking Tracy, you can bank with a downloadable application, you can bank through the mobile web, or you can bank with SMS text banking. And so we call that, if you offer all three types, we call that a triple play. And what we saw was that the triple play is rising and that the downloadable app is the number one offering among banks um, that we studied. When we look at it over time, we see that downloadable apps has risen a few years ago in 2009, only about two-thirds of banks had downloadable apps. Now 96% have a downloadable app. And we see that SMS text, which um, if you have a smartphone, you can have a downloadable app, but not everybody has a smartphone. Only about 45% of consumers have smartphones. So over half of consumers can't download apps, and they can only access banking through SMS text. And now about 70% of banks are offering text banking. And so for this particular survey, how many financial institutions did you review, and was the pool limited to domestic institutions? Well, what we did is we looked at the top 25 U.S. institutions by deposit size, and what we found was that 23 out of the top 25 offered mobile banking. So it's really a high percentage are offering mobile banking. You can see that it's a must-have now. It used, you know, a few years ago, it was a lot fewer uh, of them that were offering them. In fact, in July of 2009, we looked for um, we looked at 40 institutions, and we only found 19 of them were offering. So that was about a 48% penetration rate. And this year, we found 23. Just looking at 25 institutions, so that was a 92% penetration rate. So you can see that um, mobile banking is really becoming ubiquitous. Yeah, it really is. And of course, we'll, we'll delve into some of that a little bit here when we talk about the emergence of some of these mobile tablets. But I wanted to ask before we get into that part of the conversation, Mary, how many banks do you feel are adequately prepared for mobile banking and mobile payments? Well, what we're seeing is that, you know, it's, it's basically they're building out their functionality and they're starting with mobile monitoring and then they're moving into mobile payments. So, um, it's it's basically a build out process, and I think it's a it's a one two three step process, 
and they're moving from what we call mobile monitoring, just looking at your accounts, and moving into money movement. And so finally, money is starting to move on the mobile channel. And this year, we're seeing about 26% of banks are now offering mobile P2P. So P2P is a person-to-person payment where you, you don't have to know the other person's account number. You can just know a phone number and send it to someone else. So it's a fun new service, and it's the, it's the first step toward mobile payment. Now, as I noted earlier, the crux of this story revolves around consumer preferences and the emergence of the mobile tablet. In fact, Javelin's research suggests that by 2012, this tablet will be relatively ubiquitous with the release of Amazon Kindle Fire, which comes out later this month, and then the just-announced release of the Nook tablet. Every consumer will be able to afford mm-hmm. one. How has this ubiquity and how will this ubiquity of mobile tablets impact mobile banking as well as mobile payments? Well, 8% of consumers already own a tablet, which is a huge amount um, when you look at how short of time the tablet's been out. And we see that the tablet is going to be a game changer. Smartphones were a game changer a few years ago um, when they first came out. They allowed the consumer to do a lot more functionality on mobile banking on their phones. And what we see is that when we look at mobile bankers per se, um, and we and we look at what they look like, we see that smartphone users, 50% of them are mobile banking. We look at people without a smartphone, non-smartphone users, only 14% of them are using mobile banking. In the same way, we think a tablet is going to be a game changer. The bigger screen and the higher resolution allows the consumer to do more functionality. This is a mobile hybrid device. It's a cross between a PC and a smartphone. So it's, it's, a, it's on the fast track to a technology revolution, and it's allowing consumers that maybe never had that, those capabilities in their hands, it's going to allow them to do advanced capabilities that they were never able to before. Yeah, that's a good point. And I wanted to ask, you know, when it comes to consumer preferences, what is it exactly that they're looking for? And when it comes to mobile banking applications specifically, do these mobile banking applications differ, the ones that they may download for a tablet versus the ones they'll download for a smartphone? Well, in, in a tablet, they're going to have to have more educational components and deeper dives because consumers are going to spend longer time on, on a tablet. When you're on a mobile phone, you want to be able to get on and off, but you're not going to spend hours you know, reading. But when you're on a, on a tablet, it's very comfortable to spend a long time, and you want to be able to interact with the program. So you're going to have to have better graphical components. So, so financial institutions are going to have to be thinking these through. You can add a lot of deeper educational content, and that's going to be very, very key to the tablet. The other thing that's going to be key is speed. If this doesn't load quickly, you're going to lose eyeballs right away. Um, we asked consumers, you know, what's going to keep you from doing this? And they said speed was number one. Now, according to Javelin's research, only 30% of the banks that were polled for this particular survey have tablet-specific applications for mobile banking. Mary, how critical is it for institutions to re-gear or maybe reevaluate the types of offers that they make specific to mobile tablets? It's integral to their offering. Um, when we did this a year ago, we were accepting smartphone apps ported over to, to the tablet, but you can't you can't really do that. I mean, if, you, if you've got a tablet and you look at a smartphone app t- ported over to it, it's just clunky. It's going to be key to have a tablet-specific app 
and banks need to be thinking about that right now. And which tablets you support right now, you know, it's the iPad is number one. It's got 60% market share, but with the Kindle Fire coming out, um, that's an you know that's based on the Android platform. But what's interesting too is that we see that Windows is neck and neck in the number two spot with Android. So we're going to have to watch that as a dark horse and see where that goes next year. Because remember, it's, it is a cross between a mobile phone and a computer, and Windows is pretty hot in that area. And then, Mary, how will financial institutions help to ensure not only their own security, but also the security of their customers as these mobile applications emerge? Well, the number one reason that consumers don't adopt mobile banking is fear about their security. And when Javelin asked consumers what features would make mobile banking more secure, two items top the list, encryptions of the data and guarantee of reimbursement for fraudulent transactions. So when we looked at um, the bank websites, about 78% of FIs reviewed have security messaging about mobile banking on their website, but that means you know 20% don't. So they've got to be educating about mobile banking and what um, you know what security offerings they have. You know, protecting mobile banking. They should have a mobile banking security guarantee on the website or link to an online security guarantee. They should do, be doing remote deactivation or log off, and they should they should also be educating about anti malware on the phone. So using antivirus. Um, only 17% of FIs currently are educating about this right now. You know, and that's a great segue into my next question, and that was to ask what advice you would offer to organizations, not just financial institutions, as they prepare for these types of payments changes. And it sounds like education is basically kind of at the core of it all. Yes, education is is primary to this channel, and there's a lot of misinformation out there, and consumers are very curious about it. And you know, um, if you're going to have a mobile banking offering, you've got to have marketing, you know, efforts. Um, what we saw is that you know about 20% of banks lack such basics as a permanent link from the homepage. So if the consumer can't find it, they're not going to be able to use it. Um, cons- uh, FIs are going to need to support multiple smartphone platforms that have significant market share, despite the challenges. So um, Google's open platform. Android operating system has the first place in consumer smartphones, and the Apple iOS runs a strong second. Uh, BlackBerry has been dropping, and interestingly enough, Windows is moving up. With more consumers owning a smartphone, it's going to be very key for financial institutions to service these so that consumers can access them on their smartphones. In this time of Occupy Wall Street, it's very important that Banks look at ways that they can satisfy their consumers, and with mobile banking, consumer satisfaction is very high. Just 3% of consumers are dissatisfied with mobile banking. Mary, I want to thank you again for your time today. Well, thank you, Tracy. I enjoyed being here. Again, we just heard from Mary Monahan of Javelin. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.